Hello and welcome to Free from the Real, episode 163, brought to you by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com and CapeFearGames.com. You can hear us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com and MTGCast.com. I'll be one of your hosts, AJ. With me as ever is Kia. Hey guys, how's it going? And Seb. Hey everyone, I hope you guys had a great week. As ever, this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and things from the offline game which affect us. And one thing from each currently to kick us off, the official bans came out last week and there was something on it. We've got the ban in Block Constructed for the first time since, ooh, probably Mirrodin, wasn't it? That'd be my guess, yeah. Lingering Souls and Intangible Virtue, that's the best token producer since um, the Three Spirit one from uh, Shadow Moor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Spectral Procession. And uh, Intangible Virtue, the best um, anthem since Anthem. Yeah. Are, uh, yeah, it's a pretty sick combination. And. Uh, I think they just wanted to make sure that we didn't have Pro Tour tokens, and so they went ahead and banned those, and I think it's right. like Just to make sure that that deck doesn't exist, uh, they probably both had to go, because the format was essentially just several variations on token decks with the occasional complete anti-token deck. It just made for a very oppressive format. Um, Indeed. And a ban like this is really good, because it just makes so many more cards in the block playable. Like By not allowing you to play these two cards, you can play so many more cards and actually be successful. Hmm. The thought occurs that they could have just uh, sat back and done practically nothing, a token effort, if you will. So, that, that they could have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they've uh, really gone for the throat here. Uh, yeah. So must not have been an artifact creature. Yeah, and I think... Uh, killing me, AJ. Uh, I think they probably saw this coming. I think they were okay with the cards in standard because they don't seem to be an issue there. There's, it's still a pretty vibrant format. But I think even when they released it, they had a concern that maybe block was going to be an issue, but standard wasn't. So they went ahead and did it with the idea that they could just ban if they had to. Yep. And it does seem to suggest a shift in philosophy. I mean, when we had um, uh, a set which was basically Stoneforge, Mystic, and Jace the Mind Sculptor, um, they were slow to react, and they noted later that they had been slow to react quite deliberately, but that that might not have been the best thing to do. I think in here they're, show, they're trying the other tack to see if it's um, more viable, if it produces a better format quicker, given the speed of the internet with the uh, relaying of new tech. Absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, I think they've just started to realize that formats evolve uh, much faster and they get solved much faster than they did in the past yeah. because of, uh, you know, online communication and even more so since Magic Online has, has become so much more common. So we see formats getting reaching kind of their end point at a much quicker pace, and so they've decided to react quicker. And I also yeah. think that uh, Modern plays a role in it, because they were very liberal with bannings uh, there, and people do not seem to mind. Because I think that people, for the most part, realize that bannings just make more cards playable. Yeah. Because they're designed to stop oppressive strategies. Yeah, yes. and like on top of that, although I'm a little surprised that they banned both Lingering Souls and Intangible Virtue, I guess there's a lot of uh, sense to be had in terms of really... We know that people are going to start to really focus on this format in the next month or so. And so we want to have it more wide open, have a little bit more tech. It's just like healthy for the game as a whole. I actually personally thought that you should have banned just intangible virtue. 
but you know, I, I do understand the logic behind banning a token generator, which is really funny because we were joking last week about how you know it'd be really funny if they were to ban the tokens as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there and there are still options. I think I think it's the best because I mean, just personally, like I said, I played two uh, block events, and out of my eight matches, I played seven t- token decks, and I was just like, wow, I'm don't think I'm going to play this format again. <laughs> uh, so it's, I completely understand. It just makes things boring uh, when there are fewer options. You're like, well, I basically have to play this deck or I play anti that deck. <laughs> yeah. I think essentially they knew those cards were strong. They were pushing them to see how far they could go. And in a small format, like a block constructed, it's just too powerful for that format to handle. Absolutely. But at the same standard, time, like yeah. they're in standard. And yeah, except you were about to say like standard, they're fine. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the format rotates. When you've got when you've got just Innistrad block, um, the single set of the next block and uh, one core, whether the token deck would be uh, the strongest for um, at least um, a couple of months there. Yeah, um, that'll. I mean, obviously, it'll be interesting. It'll depend on what we see in uh, Magic 2013, and then what the the block is. Obviously, if it's underpowered compared to Innistrad block, I think, yeah, it'll just basically be block constructed, supplemented with other sets uh, compared yep. to others, but then, yeah, we'd see tokens start to rain again. And, of course, there could be another token helper in that deck. Yeah. But that's super speculation, and we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Yes, exactly. Tempest Fugit, and the world moves on. Now, that's not the only bands, but um, for those of us who play formats, uh, other than the conventional ones available offline, uh, Stoneforge Mystic has found yet another format to be banned in. Yay. 100 Card Singleton, the um, uh, commander without commanders, which uh, grew out of it um, online, has um, decided to boot out the best equipment tutor ever printed and invite back in the best um, regrowth ever printed in regrowth. <laughs> regrowth. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, that's just a change. I, I feel like I don't know who plays hundred card singleton anymore. Uh, I guess they felt <laughs> the tutors were too strong. I mean, they they did make a push to ban tutors a couple years ago, so it's just one of those things where it's like I doesn't make sense. But who who like who's been around to play that? It's my question. You know? Yeah, I think it was just more. Um, I mean, they maybe just looked at it and like, oh, we should probably do that. Maybe some people did send in and complain, and they they didn't make an effort to like you said focus on good tutors. I remember a long time ago, like when Prismatic first came out, um, like the format literally just like the ban list was every single tutor. Like it didn't matter how good it was. Like all the, the, the transmute cards from like Ravnica block were banned just because they were tutors. Um, even like random ones, like the grows off and stuff like that. And then they banned, um, the Sundering Titan for being, uh, unfun. So that was their ban list. So sometimes those formats are just kind of weird in what they have banned. The good old days of... Uh... <laughs> like, we ban one unfun card and everything that looks for things. <laughs> um, obviously, they went through and fixed that. I think this might just be some of that. Like, they just recognized, hey, this is probably not a good card if we ever step into this format again. And Regrowth, I think yeah. Regrowth is one of those cards, like, they just go through ban lists, and they're like, Regrowth is still on the ban list? Take it off. Like, it's just... It was devastatingly powerful, you know, in, like, 1995, and uh, that's just not the case anymore. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
Now, beyond that, we have uh, some other news, including details of the inaugural Cube Weekend coming up. Uh, for those who um, haven't listened to us previously or have not been paying attention to various online news, Magic Online is getting Cube in the near future. And we have here what's going to happen with the... Uh, well, it's sort of not quite a pre-release because it's not being released per se, but it's a preview weekend. What does it look like, gentlemen? Uh, well... As stated before, the first event will be occurring at uh, the PAX East um, convention, um, and that'll be, that'll be a 64-man single elimination tournament. But about an hour after that event starts, it will uh, the cube will pop up on Magic Online, which is April 6th, around 2 p.m. Pacific, and it's going to run through 11 o'clock p.m. on April the 8th. So you'll have that whole weekend to try out Magic Online cube drafts if you want to. Um, and once you see the structure, you may want to. Basically, they're going to be offering all the standard drafts. You can do a 4-3-2-2, an 8-4, or a Swiss, with prizes being um, Innistrad and Dark Ascension booster packs. The thing is, they will be seven tickets to enter. Interesting. Yeah, so that's a pretty good... That's a, I think it's a, kind of the perfect price point for Wizard Band for players, quite frankly. Um, because they are Phantom events, so you don't get to keep the cards, but... At seven tickets, like if you like in a four three two two, if you go one, if you win your first one, you break even. Nice. Mm-hmm. And in a Swiss draft, you would need to if you win two, you break even. Uh, so it's pretty good, quite frankly. Um, you don't have to go all out to win, and they're not they're not as cheap. Some people have predicted six tickets as the price point, similar to constructed events, and I think they just wanted to tack on one more, um, which seems fair. And quite frankly, yeah, they look, it looks like a pretty good payout. I get the feeling they're going to be pretty successful this weekend, assuming it's not a board yep. draft format. Well, it should be interesting. I mean, cube drafting as a whole has been wildly successful offline mm-hmm. because it is that fun, um, provided you've got somebody with the cards to put together for it. Then, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, and it's a great, it's, it's just so interesting to meld powerful cards from different times in Magic together into one format in weird and interesting ways. And the fact that cubes are designed with certain archetypes in mind, similar to um, constructed formats, but even more so typically leaning towards combos. Like, typically drafts, it's like there's very rarely, maybe once every, like, two or three draft formats, is there a kind of combo deck you can kind of draft effectively. Um, And typically those are sprinkled pretty evenly throughout the cube. The only question that I still have about cubes that hasn't been addressed um, that I know of is concerns about Magic Online. Normally in a cube, a cube consists of uh, a single copy of every card that's in the cube. So therefore you can know, like for example, if I get a Black Lotus and I take I first pick first pack the Black Lotus, I don't have to worry about facing that card anywhere. I'm the only person with said card. I only, have the only Black Lotus. Uh, but with Magic Online's technology and them being cube booster packs, will cards appear as more than singletons in the format? I mean, they shouldn't is, I think, the um, the answer, but mm. it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, like, it's, it's interesting because it's, 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 it would be harder for them to code, yes. And, they, and that's my concern because I feel like it should be that way, but I don't know the logistics of coding that, and that may be difficult, especially if they're kind of just taking the template of the, the Phantom Planeswalker format drafts and just changing the set to being um, the cube set, in which case there would be duplicates because in the Phantom drafts in the Planeswalker set, you do get multiples of everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, that's that's a good question. I think that's something that should be um, addressed sooner than later. 
in my absolutely. opinion. Absolutely, because it does change draft strategy depending upon whether or not there is only one copy of everything or if there are multiples. Right, yeah. for sure. Definitely something to um, uh, see if we can poke Lee Sharp about or uh, otherwise work out how it um, goes. Mm-hmm. Or if they did, if, they, if they've said this somewhere and someone knows and we've just missed it, please uh, let us know. Yeah, please do let us know. It's a... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do like receiving feedback of all kinds, positive, negative, and here's what you missed, guys. So let us know, and we'll uh, be sure to spread the good word. Absolutely. And if you have any feelings about this, if you're okay with multiples in cube, which would kind of take away from the cubiness, or if you'd prefer it to main pure, then let us know. But that's just our opinion. I mean, who knows? Maybe yes. maybe this is exactly what you guys want. Yeah. Yes. They have a better um, pulse on yeah. the game than we do. So. I mean, if it was powered, yes. that'd be another thing. I'd be like, I will just, I'll have four ancestor recalls in my draft. That's fine, no big deal. Yep. Well, it'll be an interesting clash between the cube puritans and the neo cubists yeah. in the uh, game. So yeah, we'll uh, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Um, in other news, we have um, our new promos. So starting. After this upcoming downtime, uh, we're going to be going into the April 2012 season of Magic Online Playable Boards promos. So the first thing is we get some new lands, uh, because they are in three-month cycles. And this time we'll be getting the Time Spiral Basic Land Alternate Arts. Some of which are pretty sweet looking. I like that island. It doesn't really look like an actual island, but it does look pretty sweet. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just think that because I do love my John Avon. So. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, seriously, we're talking about John Avon here. I mean, I've heard some people they're like it's too realistic. Blah, blah. I'm like, I don't understand. Really? Do not. I've, I literally had someone tell me that John Avon's art was too realistic for Magic, and he didn't like it. That's like t- that's like telling me, oh, I'm sorry, but like it's uh, he's just yes. he's just too good at what he does. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Mona Lisa is too much of a work of art. Yeah. I mean, you know, Magic players that some of them will always find something to complain about. Um, but moving on to the good stuff, uh, the tier three and four promo is uh, a new card frame hypnotic specter uh, with, with the, the original with the, art. Yes, with the old school, you know, phantomy wispy art, which is pretty sweet. Um, our tier five and six promo is an alternate art gateway promo, Pathraiser of Ulamog. Yep, that's the uh, nine nine uh, eleven mana can't be blocked by less than three creatures. Um, uh, Annihilate a three creature, which is pretty much the uh, one of the best of the non-legendary ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can cheat them out, it makes it very difficult for your opponent to do anything because if they have to sack three permanents and use three creatures to block, they're usually up a creek. Yeah, that's the uh, best annihilator you can get in Reanimator, unless you've got instant speed reanimation. Yeah. Um, tier seven and eight promo the the near the top, is going to be the Textless Putrefy. Nice. Looks pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Richard said Sard... Sardin, I can't read it right here. Sardina? Sar, Richard Sardine, man. Uh, did a good job with the art here. So it looks fantastic. Yep. Good job, Richard. Mm-hmm. And then the final top-tier promo is a little bit better than the Windseeker Centaur promo we had last month. And that is Extended Art Sarah Avenger. The three three for two mana, which you can't play in the early game, but which is just perfect if you've got six mana, wrath and play it. Yeah. Or uh, fly with yeah. yeah, or you cheat with Aether Vile. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Always fun with Aether Vile. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, but a good card and actually playable. A pretty good set of promos uh, for the April uh, set here. Trouble with cheating his hair Avenger with Aether, with Aether Vial is it takes you so long to get the counters on the vial that you might as well hardcast it. Yeah, you can, but uh, then that means the turn you ratchet up to two, you're like, cast Sarah Avenger, half puts Sarah Avenger in play. Next turn, smash six. Else, I suppose that helps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's just a great card, and it actually does see play right now, and I think all of these have seen, all of these are pretty useful, or have been in the yeah. past. Like, in that expect are probably not so much now, but, I mean, certainly for nostalgia purposes, that's pretty sweet. And it's at the lower tier, so I th- I'm all yeah. for it. Good job. Good luck. And hey, you never know what, when um, a dark ritual hippie might uh, severely wreck someone's day, even in the early formats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll get that back in Magic 2013. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey. Dark ritual in a base set. <laughs> it's like, like suddenly like everyone just starts laughing. Yeah. Well, we, we do have a one-mana game three-mana um, in the format at the moment. Yeah, I think you have to kill a bunch of things. Yeah. Well, sacrifice a creature. It's essentially... Uh, there was a instant speed one, which was black and got you four mana, which, um, yeah, tends not to see that much play. But, uh, hey, it technically fulfills the criteria. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it'd be a terrible dream or nightmare before we get uh, Dark Ritual back in a base set in standard. <laughs> it's a tad unlikely, I will give you that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's see, any other major items of news which... Yep, there's, well, it's news of a sort, if you will. Yes, we have the deck lists for the dual deck Venser versus Koth decks. And I have to say, with all due respect, they're not the world's most enticing decks <laughs> ever printed. You missed your calling of a diplomat, AJ. These are kind of steaming piles here. I love it. They actually have deck yeah. names. This time, and uh, Koth's deck is called Erupt and Overwhelm. I'm pretty sure it should have been called Erupt and Underwhelm. <laughs> cool. Ugh. These are just Touché. too bad. <laughs> well, it's not so much they're bad, it's just not... Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, like, that's, I, think that's, I think that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean, I there's some cards here which are worthwhile. Um, not many. For example... In the red deck, you've got Torchling. Chartooth Cougar and Singleton is uh, decent in uh, Commander-style decks. Um, Bloodfire Colossus, likewise, if you're playing a Commander deck and get up that high, is a fun thing to drop. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the Planeswalkers themselves, of course. But uh, yeah, it's, I think pretty much all, it's pretty much all downhill charge from there. Yeah, I think they were... I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they were concerned that the Planeswalkers would be high in value at the time, and putting extra stuff in the deck would really overwhelm the value. Like, I know in Elspeth and Tezzeret, for example, those decks were chock full of good cards that were useful, and on top of the fact that at the time, the Planeswalkers themselves were already over the $20 price point uh, each. Um, But in this case, yeah, Koth and Vents are just not that great. And then, like, so Koth's deck, let's take a look at the rares really quick. Lithophage, Torchling, Bloodfire Colossus, Journeyer's Kite, Koth of the Hammer. I'd be willing to bet at least 85% of our listeners had to look up at least one of those rares, if not more than one. For example, <laughs> Lithophage is a 7-7 for 5 from Mask's Block, with every upkeep sacrifice a mountain. Yeah, which you have 25 of, but not exactly what you want to be doing. 
Like I just yeah ugh. yeah there are there are better seven sevens for five. Mm-hmm. There are better five mana cards are in this deck. <laughs> There's it's just this is the... yeah. There are a lot of problems. Mm. And then switching over to uh, Vincer's deck, um, evade and shimmer. You should probably evade this deck as well. Oi. Evade and Shudder, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple cool cards that maybe, you know, some older cards that you want to get a hold of that you didn't have. White Main Lion yeah. has been useful before. But, like, Clone? Yeah. Really? Do we need another copy of that? Really? <laughs> that's pretty much what it does, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. I will give you that. Um, Cryptic Analid. Who, who remembers what this card does without clicking on it? Uh, scry 1, Scry 2, Scry 3. Whatever, you looked at AJ. <laughs> no cheating. I just got that kind of memory, what can I say? Yeah. I believe it's also one of the few worms in the format. As in W-O-R-M rather than W-R-M. Not, not I haven't it yet. No? It's a no, fair enough. Yeah. What am I thinking of that's a worm? Isn't it a worm beast? Probably. Monomalous Sightbender? Like, why would you reprint a champion's block card? That's not like GTA. Like, no one wants those. <sighs> well, yeah, and the one which is really disappointing. You've got here a red aggressive Mirrodin style deck against a blue defensive deck. So, what red aggressive card really um, made an impact the last time uh, we were on Mirrodin? Um, hey, let's not give that card. Let's go for his the worst pop one in the cycle, the uh, more expensive, slow, less beneficial one. <laughs> Slith Strider, which is the three mana Slith. Um, so when it does combat damage to an opponent, put a one, plus one plus one counter on it with when this gets blocked or a card. They didn't even throw us a bone on the land. Like, you couldn't even give us Flooded Strand. You gave us Floodplain. <laughs> that, <laughs> Seriously. That's the, the comes into play tapped land from, uh, I believe it's Visions, um, it which. Was a yeah, the original Sacklands, which instead of paying a life, you just had to wait a turn because they came into play tapped, i.e. Yeah. 7 million times worse. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, they're essentially outmoded by uh, the Fetch the Land tapped ones, um, which we currently have. Uh, Terramorphic Expanse and its identical twin brother. Yeah. Um, man, just... Ugh. There are, let, let's be fair, there are a couple of decent cards here which everyone's got a metric ton of. Path to Exile, to Preordain, um, Oblivion Ring is Oblivion Ring. Yeah. The bounce lands are but, good in like popper formats, the Zorius Chancery is actually worthwhile there. But just like yeah. why would you why would you be so mean? Like oh, two overrule. Why would you not give us absorb? You already gave us undermine in one of the other dual decks in the new card frame. Why could you just not give us absorb? <laughs> seriously? Yeah. I mean seriously. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. one of those things where, like, you know there's someone somewhere just, like, screwing with us, and we, we would hope that, like, Lee Sharp or Worf was like, oh, you know, we should give them all these awesome cards, and then you have to believe that someone just said no. Yeah. yeah. I'm, half, I'm half expecting to see these cards as troll tribal, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess you were right. I did it a couple weeks ago, and you were like, you know, wizards, they always troll their customers. And further proof, yes. Coral Fighters. Like what? Coral Fighters was from 
Mirage, which essentially let you um, uh, is it a fate seal? Yeah, I think it's a fate seal. Yeah, if you attack and they aren't blocked, you can fate seal. It's a one-one. When is it not <laughs> going to get blocked? <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, well, you do have uh, Minamo Sightbender. You could technically use Minamo Sightbender to let the coral fighters. Oh, I can't believe I'm even suggesting this. Oh, that is, that is a great. Yeah, you draw your one of Sightbender and your one of Coral Fighters. You have a great two-card, one-power combo. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so you do one damage and Fate Seal. I suppose you do have other cards like um, a couple of scroll thieves that you might want to get through, or split strider. <laughs> the red deck has um, two. The red deck has two plated geopedes. It has a one-one <laughs> first strike, and you're playing one. Like these don't hey, even look. Hey, it also has lands. You, you can't you can't take that away from it. These, these these don't even look fun to play. Like I feel like the red deck is gonna smash the Vencer deck in the face. Like. Well, it's it's got some it's got a fair few tricks in it, but it, yeah, it's just <laughs> even the AG who's been known for you know. I. <sighs> Look how many one and two like you have all these one and two toughness creatures in that deck, and then you have like Jaws of Stone and Volley of Boulders in the red deck. It's just gonna blow you out like every time. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, and it has two seismic strikes. Oh my god. Like oh this this is stupid. Yeah. Rarely do I come down so hard on a product, but this is this is actually just terrible. This this is probably the worst dual deck that's been made. It does have a wall of denial, at least, which is slightly going to slow him down, maybe. It's using wall of denial, all right, man. They're in denial. Yeah. The decks are playable or useful or valuable. Oy. Okay, I'm going to step off the rant, rant machine for a minute there. Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. If you, if you have a defense of this deck or you feel like these are good products, please, please leave a comment, and I'd be happy to discuss it with you. <laughs> Once we finish laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we know the uh, April Friday Night Magic promo, and it is indeed Dismember. Yeah. Nice. This is a happy, Very happy about much happier news. Uh, so April promos, big win. Uh, Dismember is going to be a card that's going to be playable in multiple formats for a long time, and it's pretty pretty sweet art. Not nearly as graphic, too. I know some people are c- complain about that. Um, and rightfully so for a kid's game. Um, in some respects. Let's be- well, to be fair, a card named Dismember, you expect something a bit graphic. If the card is quite literally ripped the limbs off something. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's an accurate portrayal. I'm just saying I know some people are not not down with that, and I understand that, and that's fine. So maybe this will be a fun alternative, and you get them by showing up to your friendly card store or playing Thursday Night Magic online. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, current version from uh, New Phyrexia is retailing at about two tickets a piece at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so get some free ones, accumulate those, and you can offload your two dollar ones. Make a little money in the process. Yeah, I mean they're really nice. I, I think the art's great as always, but you know, apparently people, some people complain about art all the time for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Yep. Yeah, it happens. So yeah, but uh, yeah, pretty good promo. Like April promos definitely rock. That's pretty good. Dismember and then the the player rewards ones we got coming. Yep. They serve as a nice distraction from this year. Let's not go back to the dual decks. <laughs> yeah. In every sense of the word, let's not go back to the dual decks. My God, I just. Oh yeah. No comments. Yeah. No, no, that's not true. We we have tons of comments. It's just they're not good comments. Yeah. Well, it's 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 not that necessarily that they're completely without value. It's just they don't 
have a lot of value. It looks like they had a wall of red cards, and they just started throwing darts. They're like, okay, mm. and... Oh, there's a lithophage in the deck. Okay, all right. Oh, Jaws of Stone, gotta go in there, all right. Oh, yeah, like, I seriously... It seriously kind of looks like that. <laughs> and some of the darts went way off the target. It's like, oh, we hit the artifact wall. Oh, whatever, put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Dur- okay. Dur- um, kite, sure, no problem. Now, oh sure, that'll combo nicely with the Lithophage. Yeah, exactly. Aggressive decks love to sit there and spend three mana per turn searching up a basic land. In order to feed their uh, five mana seven seven, which eats their own mana base. Yeah, and get blocked by mask- the zero eight wall. Yeah, because mask blocks is just such a good idea for that. Uh, such a haven for really good ideas. Anyway, we're I digress. Yeah, we're done. There is actually yeah, there is actually another bit of news in that Wizards have reduced the released the trailer for uh, Avacyn Restored. Um, they do occasionally do trailers where they have uh, slightly animated versions of card art um, panning from uh, each other uh, with occasional tidbits of voiceover. Uh, guess who? Guess which angelic power comes back in the video? Given that it's for the set called Avacyn Restored, if I had to guess, I would say Avacyn? No, it's um, uh, a Chrome Ranger of Wrath. <laughs> or rather, Avacyn, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But <laughs> no, but there's some, it's a pretty sweet art that we kind of saw on the playmats um, with some really, really cool looking angels. There's some little tidbits of spoiler information. As far as story goes, it seems to be that Liliana convinces Thalia to destroy the Hell Vault by using her ultimate. Yep. Um, it seems uh, like werewolves are going to be... There will be some werewolves, it seems like, and they'll be servants of the humans and trapped in werewolf form. So we won't have double-sided cards, but we might have single-sided werewolves. Yep. Or at least maybe perhaps um, we're puppies, we're guard dogs, we're... Um... Like poodles, what? like watch wolf. <laughs> hmm. huh? I if that's a possible reprint. That could be interesting. I mean, because if greens are green werewolves are now working for white humans, that seems like a perfect fit for the set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they didn't they need needed some new dogs. Honestly, we've killed a lot of the dog tokens. So yeah. <laughs> and we've also learned that uh, apparently Gristlebrand is a communist because one of his hands is a hammer and the other hand appears to be a sickle. Communist pistolback man. <laughs> Oh man! I'd love it if they did a um, 1950s Stalinist style art for that for a um, uh, uh, promo at some point. Oh, I'm I'm sure like as soon as that card gets yes. out, someone will have it altered, and we will see, you know, Soviet Russia demons exile you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. Oh, God. Forward with comrade Chris, or maybe a um. Uh, a shot with the heads of Stalin, Lenin, and Gristlebrand. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You heard it first, uh, card modifiers. Give us give us something we could, um, want, at least once we know what the card looks like, give us something to uh, work with here. Yeah. Yeah, we may have to do something. We may have to do a contest with that <laughs> when we get the card available. Show us your best communist yes. rendition of Gristlebrand. Oh, yes. I'm definitely gonna have if I can get a copy of that card, we get an altar to make him look like Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That'd be awesome. Okay. Moving along uh from our news, we do have some prices. Excellent. I believe looking at the um 
latest for uh, uh, Dark Ascension, we still have two cards which are over 100 a playset, namely Sorin Lord of Innistrad and Huntmaster of the Fell, surprising as I know that must be for all of you. Well, I think Huntmaster, he's kind of ticked up a little bit more, and that's probably because he's uh, a lot more viable in block uh, than he was before the bannings, which makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, We've seen a couple other cards creep up, like Dungeon Geist is, might actually be playable now that it can tap something other than tokens. It's up to $3.12. Yep. Skull Reavers um, showing at 4.72. I think basically the Mythics are being picked up at a slightly higher rate because people are thinking, hmm, this is a powerful card. Maybe it might actually do something in the format. Yeah. Vorapede's at uh, 5.89. Mm-hmm. Um, on the rare front, uh, Hellrider's at uh, 4.11 because you can still do uh, red-white tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, also creeping up. That card's proven to be pretty good. Um, and it's at 3.45. And now that you can actually be able to, you know, not have to fear tokens because they won't be 3.3 three vigilant creatures. Um, yeah. might actually be really good. Yeah, the bastard child of um, Elvish Archer and Glow Rider is still doing well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then zombies have gotten a little bit of an uptick um, in light of the bannings. They might rise from the grave and become a playable deck again. And with Goral's mm-hmm. Messenger at 4.05 and Gravecrawler at 4.24. Yeah. I've also got the um, flying uh, um Oh, what was the card? Um, uh, giant Solifuge. That's the one. The new soul Solifuged uh, Falkenroth Aristocrat, which is the undying one uh, for 474. Decent price for smashing your opponent in the face with a relatively high success rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that they only have Midnight Haunt, haunt to uh, make tokens instead of pretty much guaranteed lingering souls, it might actually get through every now and again. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, looking at a couple other prices, we would have thought we'd take a look at Modern, seeing as we're coming to the end of the formal PTQ season in about a week, mm-hmm. uh, a little less than that this time. It's We'll take a look at some of the prices, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll see a significant dip, and if it, whether or not it continues to be a format uh, that sees lots of play outside of a qualifier season. Mm-hmm. One thing which intrigues me is um, comparing the three... Later set uh, islands. Um, Hallowed Fountain is at 34.46, and uh, Steam Vents, which is from um, the second set Guild Pact, was um, at 22.32. But uh, Breeding Pool, which was uh, from Descension alongside Hallowed Fountain, is at 15.14. So you've got the slightly more available one, um, completely uh, more expensive than the uh, less available, but it would seem less played, uh, Color Combo. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, it's just further evidence that, like, you know, supply and demand really is in effect on Magic Online because Hallowed Fountain and Breeding Pool are theoretically about as as prevalent in the system as just the other one is. Um, but we see a huge price difference based on the fact that one is pretty commonly used um, in competitive decks and one is not. Less than half of the other, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twilight Mire is. Um... Interestingly expensive. Um, that's uh, not even one of the jewels. That was um, uh, was that from uh, Eventide? Yeah, the, yeah. Um, Probably one of the least drafted sets on Magic Online. Yeah, the uh, black white filter land, which is uh, thicker black or white mana. Get any combination of two black or white mana. Uh, Twilight Mirror. Twilight Mirror is uh, black green. Oh, black green. Fair enough. 
Yeah. So it's actually yeah. used in Jun. So it does see play. But I, when I think about it, I literally think that this might be one of the, because like, it was the second set in the second small set block. So it had one of the shortest times to be drafted. And quite frankly, I was not a big fan. And I know other people that wanted of the Shadow War Eventide draft format. Like, I, I really preferred Lorwyn block and continued mm. to play that for a while. So I really think that Eventide might be one of the least prevalent sets in recent times of Magic Online. Obviously, like, Invasion yeah. Block, because of the user base at the time, is lower. Um, yeah. But as far as recent cards go and modern legal cards, I really think Eventide might be the lowest set in all of modern. Yeah, and um, uh, the card themes are quite um, intriguing. You've got uh, the... I suppose the avatars were useful, but um, yeah, of all of all the um, uh, supply side ones, this is uh, probably one of the hardest hit. Especially the things which um, have ubiquitous use. I mean, there's not that many decent um, enemy color jewels in the format. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I mean it's and you can see because Twilight Mire is played in one deck, Jund really, and it's only played like a one or two of. And it, that allows it to creep up to $24. So. Mm-hmm. Just let you know, to be fearful if it, if there ever becomes a card out of Eventide that happens to be like some big combo enabler and everyone wants four copies, look out. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, looking at some others, um, Dark Confidant and Thoughtseize, two popular cards. They're at 1541 and 1058 respectively. And with some of the modern cards, it's, it's also tricky to evaluate because a lot of them are also legacy playable. Um, yeah. So you don't know how much of the price is supported by modern and how much by legacy. But they've come down a little bit. Uh, Vendillion Click has dropped quite a bit. It's also seen a decline in play in modern. It's down to $26, um, off yep. a high of about 35 Yeah. Uh, Tarmogoyf, Tom- the big baddie, is out of the $80 price range. He's down to 68 Oh, 68 That's so cheap now. Yeah, so affordable. Oh. Well, he's been um, almost twice at some point. Yeah, he's been he's been up there quite a bit. So, um, I mean, he'll probably continue to sink down a little bit lower. One that really gets me is Noble Hierarch. I guess because I just remember when Conflux was in draft, and it was very common. It was in standard. This card was like a dollar to like eighty cents, and it's now seven dollars and fifty-seven cents. Yeah, quite interesting how high the Dolphin Shackles got. It's currently up at twenty-five, twenty-two. Um, that's the island-based uh, creature stealing. Uh, uh, Soul Destroyer, yeah. which is um, it's a it's a um, nice card if you're in blue, unless you're playing against an opponent. Yeah, and it's, with it. It's, yeah, and it's awesome play for a while there because I mean it it you know it can count dual lands as islands, which is great. But I think since a lot of control decks could sh- have shifted to uh, Urzatron builds, that it mm. doesn't really have a place anymore. But still a respectable twenty five dollars. And the Engineer Explosive is another card that kind of worked alongside of it. If you were playing like blue dual control, uh, 1567. Yep. Maelstrom Pulse, which was uh, once in the uh, fairly high 20s, early 30s, is uh, cu- currently floating along at uh, 650 at the mo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is really cheap, honestly. I remember paying 15 for those. Yeah, that was a great card. I'm, I'm really surprised it didn't see more play and kind of grow um, in modern after a lot there of. Is- <laughs> Yeah, well, I was saying after a lot of the bannings that kind of controlled uh, some of the combo decks and things like that. But I guess, you know, the format never just got to a point where it was that great. So. Yeah. 
a vindicate which doesn't hit lands and um, is really good in its tokens. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it was an instant. But I guess I say that about every sorcerer. So. Uh, vindicate's good any anyway you look at it. It's vindicate. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that would kind of be your prices. It'll be interesting to see maybe in a couple weeks what happens to. We'll look back at some of the modern cards and see how they're doing. Uh, once the PTQs have died down. Mm-hmm. Right, let's move on to our question of the week and uh, proving once again that bad things tend to stick in the mind longer than good things. What's our question? Uh, so our question is, what do you think of the, and we're not looking specifically at um, Ben Cerenkopf, what do you think of the dual deck products as a whole, like looking mm-hmm. at them? Uh, how do you feel about them? Do you buy them? Uh, do you get them? And if you do, have do you play them against each other uh, as the actual decks with friends, or do you just use them to bust and get some cards? Hmm. I will admit to getting uh, dual decks. Um, I believe it was Phyrexia versus the Coalition when it came out, uh, because there were some really solid cards in there which I was quite interested in getting. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it helped to uh, drop the price of a few which I was interested in getting back in the day. Um yeah, it's um. Yeah, I've actually I've I've used them to scrounge up some cards here and there, and I actually did get a couple to play them. I remember um, some buddies and mine we split and bought the Elves versus Goblins deck, and mm-hmm. whenever we had some downtime, we ran those two decks against each other, and it was actually a lot of fun. Hmm. Uh, I've also grabbed the Elspeth versus Tezzeret at one point. Um. Yeah, it's a there's some that do have a way of uh, giving you. Um, good cards, at least when they're uh, good. Um, some of them really solid. I mean, those, those two, those two really stand out as having a lot of cards which make you go, "Cool, that's useful." Yeah, the Elspeth versus Tezzeret in particular was was really big. Um, still a lot of good cards, and also especially, I think they've lost some of their luster on Magic Online because before they were a great opportunity to get cards that did not exist on Magic Online, um, yes. like you know, Days and Gush and Invigorate, um, things like that. So once upon a time, they held it. They had a big incentive for Magic Online. Now that we have most sets available, to, well, every set available to us, um, barring you know weird, goofy stuff from pre-Mirage days, mm. um, there's not a whole appeal, whole lot of appeal. I suppose they could do dual decks, Baron Senge versus Autumn Willow, but that would kind of suck. Yeah, that might actually end up worse than Koth uh, versus Vincer. And notice I say might. That's how little I think of this upcoming dual deck. <laughs> Oh, you never know. They might have got the list wrong. It's doubtful, but eh, you can you got you got to live in hope. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the last available hope. All right, but uh, let us know see if you have any thoughts on dual deck products. What they what you would like to see from them, or what you think of them. Yeah, leave us some comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that moves us on to what you've been playing. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, what you've been playing. Uh, I've done a lot of daily events this week. I switched back and forth between standard and modern. Uh, but based on my record, I really should probably just stick to modern. It seems I've got a couple, <laughs> a couple of three ones uh, with affinity. I think I lost like one, and then with standard, I've I've gone back and forth. I had a four zero, and I think I had a three one, and then I've had a couple of two twos. So not too bad. I've had a lot of fun, accumulated some points, doing pretty well. How about you, AJ? What you been up to? What you been playing? Oh, I've been um. There was a special event at the weekend, a tribal 
um, two-headed giant. Um, uh, basically, pair up with somebody, uh, design a couple of decks together, and see what you can do. I went with um, another of our Steam PMTGO writers, the uh, great interviewer himself, Paul Light, who was running a uh, really solid uh, elemental build with uh, Sundial of the Infinite, including things like Sudden Disappearance, uh, Glimmer Point Stag, and lots of other ways to uh, evoke things in cheaply and give your opponent a really bad day. Um, alongside that, I was rocking uh, a fun little horror deck, which I've... Um, see, Sewer Nemesis is um, the horror from the Commander decks, which um, has as text, uh, as this comes into play, choose an opponent, and uh, its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in that opponent's graveyard, and when that opponent plays a spell, uh, mill him for one. Or other one, well, it's not opponent, you can, you can cast it on yourself, and if you've got a graveyard deck, mill yourself to make it huge. Um, but that guy, alongside Guilt Feeder, which is the uh, zero four with fear, with uh, if this attacks and is unblocked, um, deal uh, uh, opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his graveyard. That sort of thing is really fun with um, Geralt's Mind Crusher, which is when this comes into play, mill target player for five, and undying. And uh, the likes of Nemesis Region, which are when this when this attacks, uh, mill target opponent, mill the person that's attacking for ten. So basically, you can get really ridiculously huge um, horrors alongside uh, things which are constantly making them bigger, and then you throw in a couple of Phyrexian Obliterators just because you can. I don't think I would have ever picked up on the cross the fact that there is a cross block milling number of cards in graveyard theme amongst horrors. Well, it's not just that; it's um, it's taking advantage of it in the same tribe, which is um, quite an interesting little thing. There's also things we did between our decks, for example, with his um, uh, sudden disappearance. That's amazing with uh, the likes of Hunted Horror, which is the seven seven for two with target opponent gets um, two protection from black, uh, three, three centaurs. Now, there's a couple of things we could do, uh, because I could just dump the um, uh, centaur tokens in front of him, and then he could um, evoke and sundial in, say, a um, uh, ether snipe, which bounces one token and provides a 4-4 body to render the other one moot. Huh. Or I could play a whole ton of um, uh, seven sevens for two in one turn, and then he could uh, sudden disappearance all the tokens away. Wow, that's great. Yeah, lots of the, lots of great little synergies between the deck. We didn't do too well. We got uh, comboed out a couple of times. Some poor sods actually comboed us out with the um, Aliren uh, uh, parasitic Strix um, and. Uh, uh, cavern harpy combo i say poor bastard because those not in the that combo requires a lot of clicking and it slowly drains away your opponent's life two at a time <laughs> two-headed giant you start at 40 life <laughs> it took him about 10 minutes to get through the combo god I, I, yeah that cast chiropractor i do your best mate because that's probably repetitive strain injury territory Seriously, yeah. I mean, at, at some point, I would have probably just gone and made dinner or something. 
If I were yeah. you, AJ. <laughs> yeah, those are the, that's when you F6 and you're like, all right, I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have been cooking whilst during the event, but um, that's beside the point, really. Sebastian, what have you been doing? You know, I've been uh, chilling for the most part. I, I got back from uh, Mexico last week. Nice. And then so I spent this past week just really like getting a lot of sleep, getting like rejuvenated. Um, uh, Eric, a good friend of mine, and I are are working on maybe having like a joint um, what's, uh, screaming uh, thing starting after Easter. And so we're, we've been trying to figure that stuff out. I think honestly, like streaming is like the next big thing in uh, Magic Online. Um, although it's going to be really interesting to see if people screen sheet in Magic Online. It'd be, it'd be, it would really suck if like I was playing a draft and someone was seeing what cards I had. Yeah, that would trouble. make it a little easier for them. Yeah, so it's a little easier, right? It's like, I mean, it'd be really funny if someone was like, yeah, you know, I've been screen sheeting the entire time, but I just still lost. <laughs> it sucks to be you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it works out for you because if you really want your opponent to read signals, that uh, that pretty much does it. <laughs> That's the Here. thing with real time with real time feeds on the internet on a internet based um, no one looking over your shoulder uh, draft format. It's it's especially the more popular your, your um, uh, drafting uh, screen cap thing is, the more likely it is that somebody would have heard of you and said, "Okay, let's check the feed." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hope, man. yeah, hopefully that'll work out. Yeah. But yeah, um, enjoy that and uh, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll keep you updated. And this is going to be a big week, so you, you guys are going to see a lot of announcements um, co- this coming week. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Right. All right. That's pretty much all we've got for this week. So until next time, uh, be awesome. Take it easy, Have a good week, everybody. What he said.